Welcome to the Way of the Bible podcast, inspiring and empowering Christians of all measures of faith to simply believe God and follow Jesus. Join in with our host, Bible teacher and guide, Dr. Philip Zimmerman, as he explores the paths through Scripture that lead to life in the will of God. Being joyful always, praying continually, and being thankful in all circumstances, simply by believing God and following Jesus. And now, Dr. Z. Welcome again. This is Dr. Philip Zimmerman and Dr. Z. And you've joined me for episode number 135 of Way of the Bible podcast. So glad to have you with me today. This is our seventh of eight episodes in our 17th mini-series, The Man, Jesus Christ. So far in this mini-series, we've looked at the divinity of Jesus, his incarnation in early life, his transition into public ministry, his big miracle extravaganza splash, and the calling of his first disciples. On this episode, we're going to look at the ministry of Jesus among the people. Also on this mini-series, I've been addressing my own spiritual transformation. I've been a born-again, Holy Spirit-filled believer of Jesus Christ for almost 30 years. And for 30 years before that, a believer in Jesus, although I did not know him personally, as I do now. While producing and recording the earliest episodes of this podcast, I began tracking the relationship of good and evil in regard to intimacy with God. And what I discovered by the end of the Old Testament was that intimacy with God was hindered by sin. Sin fosters lack of belief and disobedience of God's command, and it all goes back to God's counsel of Cain in Genesis chapter 4-7. And I wondered a little over that last on our last episode. I had a gut check when I finished overviewing every book in the Old Testament. I believed in God and what he has done, is doing, and will do through Jesus Christ. Yet I did not yet feel the intimacy I knew that others had written of feeling. In other words, I've read books by others who have experienced an intimacy with God that I was not experiencing while I'm doing these podcasts. Now think of Teresa of Avila, John Wesley, Brother Lawrence, George Mueller, Jonathan Edwards, George McDonald, C.S. Lewis, Mother Teresa, Dallas Willard, Eugene Peterson. I could go on with others that I have read their writings and, and, and recognize that they have they had something that I that I did not have. And the question became for me, what did they have that I did not, that had allowed them to have this intimacy with God? And what had they encountered with God that I had not? Now, I want to back up here and let you know that as I was doing this, now that I know what I know now, that which I did not know before I knew what I now know, <laughs> is something I knew which others had experienced, but I thought was just for the super saints. And again, those people I've just mentioned in a lot of minds are considered to be super saints, right? They're not normal people. They're they're unique individuals who are having continual weekly, daily, hourly, and moment-by-moment intimacy with God our Father through Jesus Christ our Lord. And as I was thinking that, of course, then I started overviewing the New Testament. Now, when I started the New Testament, I continued looking for good and evil, as I had in the Old Testament, in relationship to intimacy with God, and also began including belief and obedience. And it was a muddled picture until I hit the book of Romans. Paul laid it all out for both good and evil and belief and disobedience. Paul was indicating that intimacy is directly related to belief and obedience. By the power of the Holy Spirit, temptations and desires to do evil and sin are muted while eagerness and earnestness in doing good are amplified. 
And there is a whole lot there, much more than could be covered in one miniseries, much less the introduction to one episode. But let me cut this short and say I crested the mountain when I got to the Paul's writings in the book of Ephesians, specifically Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Paul was saying, we are all to attain ultimately to the fullness of Christ. That is union with God in Christ, something that Jesus prayed for all believers in John chapter 17. If we are all to attain to the fullness of Christ, all includes all believers, not just super saints. And it hit me when I was doing Ephesians. I'm one of the all. So how do I get to union with God? And believe me, at that moment in my life, it was like a light bulb went off in my mind. Well, it was. The Holy Spirit revealed it in my mind for the first time. This is what was going on. And as I pondered this, the Holy Spirit kept bringing me back to a precondition of experiencing the fullness of Christ was the knowledge of the Son of God. Because remember, it starts with the knowledge of the Son of God and eventually ends up with this fullness of Christ. And as I continued through Paul's letters, I knew that I didn't know Jesus as I ought. And here I am, a believer for over 25 years, almost 30 years as a believer, and I did not yet know my Lord as I ought. I had intellectual and book knowledge of Jesus. I had intimacy with Jesus from time to time, with no doubt. I mean, as far as being born again, Holy Spirit-filled, intimacy with Jesus, I had that. But it wasn't a continual thing. It wasn't an ongoing relationship. It was, you know, in times of need, I, I went to it, however it worked. But mostly, I coasted on my knowledge of Jesus and just tried to live a good life, as I thought the Scriptures indicated. If the knowledge of the Son of God was a precondition, what was I supposed to do with that? How, how was I supposed to, to process that? Then I hit Second Peter chapter one verse three. Of course, I'm you know I'm reviewing every book, right? So I'm overviewing Second Peter chapter one, and I hit this: His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. Did you get that? Now, I read it multiple times every year for over 36 years and didn't get it. Our knowledge of Jesus is the vehicle through which God's divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness. If you want to know how to live a, live life in a godly way, it is found in Christ. What? You know, I thought life and godliness were attained by doing good. Right? Having a good Christian character, living as best I could, guided by the Spirit. You know, but that's not all. Second Peter chapter one, verse eight, Peter continues, For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. What? I say again, here's that knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. The qualities we are to have as mentioned by Peter and increasing. Our faith, virtue, that'd be goodness, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, and love. Peter tells us that these will keep us from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. There it is again, the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But what does that mean? 
right I'm recording these podcasts trying to figure this out as I'm having these these thoughts and by this point my experience was like having a well-worn tire that had picked up a nail a few miles back and was beginning to make itself known while driving down the interstate do I stop and address the obvious and change the tire or keep driving well I just kept driving I'm recording these podcasts and I just encountered something that was I mean I was like this could really change my life this is this is this is definitely in the scripture this is definitely something I don't I haven't experienced you know, what do I do? And well, I just kept driving. Once I finished the overview of the Bible with the, with the conclusion of the mini series on the book of Revelation, I was ready and eager to check on that tire. You know, So I got out, I made a few calls to people I knew and trusted about my curiosity regarding intimacy with Jesus and union with God today. Is this really possible? And my daughter, Megan, who recently completed a master's degree program in spiritual formation at Friends University, gave me the best counsel. When I spoke with her, she recommended the book, The Ignatian Adventure, Experiencing the Spiritual Exercises of St. Ignatius in Daily Life. Of course, by Kevin O'Brien. And so I ordered the book at the recommendation of my daughter, and I started reading, and I said, I'll give it seven days and see if, you know, after seven days I don't like it, I'll pitch it. And, well, the seven days worked. And I said, well, I'll give it three weeks. And so 21 days, three weeks. So I gave it three weeks, 21 days, and it worked. Every morning I get up at 5 o'clock and spend an hour to an hour and a half at the feet of Jesus going through this this workbook. It has been, been absolutely incredible. I am now in the middle of my 21st week of a 32-week journey, seven days a week. You know, like I said, an hour and a half every morning, sitting at the feet of Jesus and learning from Him. This is the this is the this is what the discipleship of Jesus is all about. I'm learning for the first time from Jesus and the Holy Spirit. In in I guess in a conscious sense, I've been learning that ever since I've been a born again believer, probably ever since I was six years old. But now it is an intimate. Oh my gosh, I just can't even get can't even begin to describe it. In addition, as I as I was entering this Ignatian adventure, I reread several books by Dallas Willard and C.S. Lewis because that was, that's just where I was led. Other people would say, "You know, have you read this? Have you read that?" I said, "Yes, I read that a while back." And so I reread those books, and several books by Eugene Peterson. And every one of them were just like Philip. This is the you you have heard this all of the whole time. This has been in your presence, but you have not heard it. You did not have ears to hear, and for whatever reason, the Lord didn't allow my ears to hear it. Until I got to this point, and why I don't know, other than the fact I'm recording a podcast and and you're hearing it for the first time from me as I'm experiencing it for the first time. And just last week, I finished reading John Mark Comer's book, Practicing the Way, where again he's addressing the same thing of having this intimacy with God, union with God through Jesus Christ. All of which discuss at varying levels depths of intimacy with Jesus by learning at the feet of Jesus through the scriptures. And it is just, I, I, I can't, I don't really know how to, I have difficulty even expressing it, but it literally is sitting at the feet of Jesus and learning from him. The most common method of this type of learning is called Lectio or Lectio Divina and has been around since the third century. This is how the disciples of the disciples of the disciples learned to sit at the feet of Jesus. What? You know, Jesus is crucified and raised and is in heaven. How are they sitting at the feet of Jesus? There's a method. <laughs> There's a method that is called Lectio Divina or Lectio Divina. Look it up. L-E-C-T-I-O-D-I-V-I-N-A. Uh, it, it, uh, anyway, Jesus told us one of the reasons the Holy Spirit was being sent was to teach believers all things. They are to know 
and to remind us of everything Jesus said. As you do these Lectio Divina, as you sit in prayer with Jesus, you'll hear Jesus himself utter the words. You'll hear Jesus himself tell you things that you didn't know. It's just unbelievable. I knew that's what Jesus said. I've read that so many times, but I had never taken the time to investigate further what that meant. So I read it in a Dallas Willard book or in a C.S. Lewis book written years ago, and it would just go from my head because I thought I was doing that. I was doing daily devotional readings in the Bible and reading the Bible, but it and it would talk to me every once in a while, but I wasn't actively in engaged in a conversation over passages until 22 weeks ago when I decided to give the Ignatian adventure a try, see what worked, you know. It was in the third week I was undone by Jesus at the foot of his cross in prayer and have obediently been continuing without setting any further expectations. After the third week, he undid me in this in this Ignatian adventure that I'm on. And, and I haven't I haven't had any expectations past past beyond that. Up until that third week, I was having expectations, expecting things of this. If it doesn't do this, I'll give it up. After that third week, I've had no expectations. I am fully Surrender, Lord, it was even about recording this podcast. I know that you're going to find something that I'm not fully surrendered in. And it's going to hurt when you take that away as well. But Lord, I just give you my whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. All I know is that every day I'm shown something new I did not know before about the love of Jesus for me and the world he's calling me to reach out to with this podcast. And you're one of those listeners. So, hey, God bless you (laughs) because he's blessing me because you're listening. Now, I would compare my daily experiences as only second to my initial radical salvation experience, which I've covered on earlier episodes. And I say all this to encourage you, my listeners, that I'm just a normal guy. I mean, a lot of y'all know me. I'm just just a normal guy, not a super saint. I'm not a super saint at all. Jesus wants us all to experience what I'm experiencing as it is what he died for. And that's what I read in these books of these people who've experienced this before myself. They would say the same things. And I would read the books and say, well, of course I'm doing it. I was not experiencing what they were experiencing. And I would get to the end of it and say, well, that's just because they're a super saint. (laughs) Kind of discounted it. I discounted it, meaning I don't have to experience that because they're a super saint. Because to be a super saint, obviously you have to give up everything. And maybe I wasn't ready to give up everything. I think that's had a lot to do with it. I think it had a lot to do with it. Jesus wants us all to experience what I'm experiencing, as I said before, as it is what he died for. He died to provide you and me oneness with God our Father through himself, through Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this oneness is available to all who believe. And if you just go read John chapter 17, you'll see that's exactly what this is, the whole thing is all about. Whew. Now, I've spent considerable introductory time on this and on all the episodes of this miniseries on what's called spiritual formation, intimacy with God through Jesus Christ our Lord and specifically regarding the Ignatian spiritual exercises in Lectio Divina. Now, a reason why I've done that is repetition is the heart of education. I heard about what I'm now experiencing in my past, but for whatever reason, as I've said, I didn't stop the car to check the tire, <laughs> because I've had this feeling before. We're just going through the scriptures this time. There really must be something more, but I never stopped the car to check the tire and say, oh, this is what's going on. I was too much in a hurry going where I was going, thinking I was doing the right thing. What I didn't know is when I stopped the car to check the tire, I'd be picked up by a helicopter that is now taking me to places far and wide, formerly unknown to me. Wahoo! Talk about thankful for stopping the car and checking the tire. Now, for whatever reason, Jesus didn't want me to see this for 66 years. 
Why? Till now is a mystery. I have no idea. But now I'm good with the mystery as it is the way he works with each of us. Perhaps today is the day you stop your car and check the tire. Checking the tire involves reading, praying, meditating, and contemplation of the text. That's simply it. On today's episode, we're going to look at a few passages from the Gospels that describe the ministry of Jesus. Apart from his teaching to large crowds about the kingdom of God and healing everyone who was ailing, Jesus also had a walking ministry. Remember, Jesus didn't have a car, a bike, or even a horse. Jesus walked everywhere he went. That included one time even walking on the water. (laughs) We're going to look at the ministry of Jesus as he was walking along. As with past episodes on this mini-series, I'll be offering little to no running commentary on these passages. My hope is that you will read these passages for yourself and sitting at the feet of Jesus in your prayer closet, have Jesus lead you through what happened on his way. The point of sitting at Jesus' feet is not to know more information, but to know more about Jesus and what he was doing while he was here, and how what he was doing then is applicable in your life as a disciple of Jesus today, following Jesus, walking as he walked. One last thing before we get to the passage. You can think of the printed word on the page or device you're reading as two-dimensional flat words. They have no animation. But in prayer, with the Holy Spirit's guidance, these words come alive and will speak truth to you that is just for you where you are. When you're sitting at Jesus' feet learning from him, expect that he will be the one doing most of the speaking. (laughs) That's what I've experienced. Our first passage comes out of the book of John and concerns Jesus' first miracle at the wedding at Cana. John chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. On the third day there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And Jesus said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This is the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Now there is a lot going on here to ask Jesus about. Mary's comment, Jesus' response, and what happened next? What was the significance of this miracle then and now? Again, when you get with the feet of Jesus, you just start having a conversation. As you're reading through the text, and just ask questions along the way. Time flies. Now we'll take a look at Jesus' healing a blind man outside of Bethsaida. This is an interesting passage in that Jesus does not heal the man all at once. This is the only two-part such healing in the gospel. So it's an interesting one to look at. Enjoy your time with Jesus talking about this one. comes out of Mark chapter 8, verses 22 to 26. And they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. 
And when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, Do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And he sent him to his home, saying, Do not even enter the village. Now, again, that's a very interesting passage on the two-part healing. What, what was that all about? And why did Jesus take him out of the village and tell him not to return there after he had been healed? Again, enjoy this conversation. Now, as Jesus was walking, he encountered a band of 10 lepers who pleaded for mercy. And again, in this passage, you're looking for what Jesus did, given the context as context. Learn from Jesus as you sit at his feet. Then today, look for where you see Jesus working through you in the same way. Again, this is an account with these 10 lepers. Luke chapter 17, verses 11 and 19. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now, I encourage you also to read Leviticus chapter 13 and 14 to see the plight of the leper in Israel. These 10 lepers, their plight, I mean, was just horrific. What was Jesus telling them when he simply said, show yourselves to the priests? Now, notice the lack of verbal articulation by Jesus of a healing. <laughs> you know, what was happening here? Again, ask Jesus and find out. Our next passage is somewhat different than it doesn't involve a miracle, but does reflect Jesus still in ministry mode. It involves two women, Mary and Martha. It comes out of Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. This is another great passage to take and sit with at the feet of Jesus. There's so much here. Is Jesus saying that serving him and her guests was a bad thing for Martha to be doing? You know, I think you'll find Jesus to have an interesting answer for you when you ask him that. And remember, we're looking for what Jesus is doing so we can follow him as he leads us to do the same things. And finally, Jesus encounters some children and there's a bit of drama, but it's not with the kids. Jesus is speaking of something very deep here, and it bids one well to dwell on that depth with him. Comes out of Mark chapter 10, verses 13 to 16. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me, do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. 
Now, the significance of children to Jesus is shown in Luke chapter 17, verse 2, where he says, It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Now, people did not consider this Mark passage to be simplistic in the least. Go deep and Jesus will open a cavern of wisdom and knowledge hidden just for you to discover. This is a deep passage, I'll tell you that. And with that, we end this episode on the ministry of Jesus. I hope you take the opportunity after this podcast episode to have some Lecto Divina time with the passages I read today. And here's a starter suggestion. Sit at the feet of Jesus in the Spirit. Read a passage with the Holy Spirit's guidance and enter the story. Pray in the Spirit for insight as to what you are experiencing in the story. Look especially for insight on what Jesus is doing, how he's doing, and why he's doing. Meditate in the Spirit on all you are shown. And then contemplate during the day the beauty, the magnificence, the splendor and radiance of a creator God from whom all things exist and have their being, who has created all things for his own glory and sustains all things that he created, and who has revealed to you wisdom and knowledge hidden in Christ since before the foundation of the world. All I have to say is prepare to be undone in the most beautiful and natural of ways by the love of God expressed in his mercy and grace. At least that's what I've been experiencing. Tears, shouts of joy, repentance, laughter, and thanksgiving are all part of the experience of being a disciple. We've been made whole, yet still live in a broken world filled with darkness, temptation, and sin. Only in Christ do we walk without hindrance. Let me know how it goes. I would love to hear from you. And with all that, we end our episode. Thank you for listening. Subscribe, follow, rate, and review the show. Show notes and other resources are found on my website, wayofthebible.com. Join me on the path. Write me a note. I would love to hear from you. And let me end this episode as I end all my episodes by saying, simply believe God and follow Jesus. Live as a child of light, overflowing with living water and the will of God, being joyful always, praying continually, and thankful in all circumstances. Be blessed, my brothers and sisters. We hope this episode of Way of the Bible has you feeling inspired and empowered to simply believe God and follow Jesus. Remember to search the scriptures to confirm what you've heard today. And join us next episode as we continue to discover together the treasures of wisdom and knowledge hidden in Christ and be transformed daily by the renewing of your mind. Knowing God's will for you is a life filled with joy, prayer, and thanksgiving. Be blessed.